Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Skibbity, skibbity, we are the real workers. <laughs> ah, couldn't even make it to the intro. No, That's I was incredible, that Scott. Joined by Josh Brown. There was no other way I was going to open this podcast on this week because we've both been living on Disco Elysium. Now, that is a reference to a particular character called Egghead. Might be the best character of the year, to be honest, um, who's just loves the rave, mate. He's got, there's a little bit more to him, but he just can't get enough. Um, Who doesn't, old- mate? I know who doesn't, and so Skibbity Skibbadanger, don't worry about it. So I would totally recommend checking that game out. I thought we should start the uh, the me and Josh, the Just Us League um, slot, <laughs> talking about uh, what we've been playing, because you've, you you bought a little PS2 adapter thing the other week it, or whatever, and you've played, according to you, 10 minutes of the thing. Well, it's funny, Scott, because I, rem- I remember the thing, the game, being, like, really good, and it is. Oh, is it? Okay, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite the turn-off-your-brain fun that I was expecting. It's actually, like... Seriously complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's got a lot of like um, squad mechanics that I just didn't appreciate at the time. I must have, when I played it as a kid, I must have just ran off by myself <laughs> and only got the guys to help me out if I like needed to get through a door or something because it's surprisingly complex. You have a bunch of different tutorials to jump through. Uh-huh. Um, so I just kind of was like, oh, I didn't expect this, but it doesn't mean it's bad. I'm excited to go back to it because mm-hmm. I have fun memories of it. And obviously the thing, thing's world is so good um so you know, hopefully- fine going back to old stuff though that like they like the thing game has not been done like you know there's no no one's done like a a really good i don't know i guess you could do it and oh my god i'm just i'm just, I'm just thinking i'm thinking Come if on. they did like a single player third person shooter the thing game any other player could be the thing by taking control of them and maybe they would have to go through tasks a little bit like among us it kind of just is among mm-hmm. us to be honest it is but then you know they could trigger their thing button and burst out and then they'd have to kill you or something as some sort of dynamic you know part of the single player campaign that would be cool. I mean, why not? You know, we, we've, yeah. we're in a world now where we've got Dead by Daylight. We've got Friday the 13th, the game. Like, adapt the thing into that formula um, or just, you know, import it into Among Us, like you said. That could <laughs> also work. But I'm imagining, like, $100 million budget. you got all your friends on. you got these grotesque transformations. Yeah. You know, it's in full 3D. That would be sick. It would be a nice little companion to the PlayStation 2 game, which is... Which has an element of that, to be fair, because you've got, like, <laughs> trust meters on your character and the squad that you're with. So, oh. like, if you're acting suspiciously, they might think you're the Maybe thing, you're the which thing. is quite cool. But I don't know what classes as suspicious in a PlayStation 2-controlled game, because most of the stuff I'm doing is rubbing me genitals up against a wall, rubbing my, like... Are you just playing everything like Disco Elysium now? Just sort of, kind of drink yeah. whatever well, you can? 
it's so dark so you're just like hugging this wall and you're like you know walking up to fuse boxes and stuff and it's kind of i'm, I'm playing it that's because like, your black levels are too sus. that's you that's your <laughs> madness fighting you again that could be true that could be true but i'm just i'm just playing the game looking sus af and i'm like i'm gonna get betrayed by my own team even though the issue is the playstation 2 controller Mm, the thing, see, the thing I was going to say when I started that tangent before was that when you go back to older games, I don't know if you found the same thing, but there's so many weird little random one-off mechanics or setups or gameplay loops or whatever that didn't didn't get carried on. Like the idea of the, the hostile enemy being part of your squad. I can't think of that many of the games that have got anywhere near that. And it would yeah. be like a, you know, the thing style mechanic. Um, and when you go back to something like that was for me, that was obviously why the thing stands out and why it is still weirdly worth playing today. Um, but that also kind of ties into all the game pass revisiting stuff. Uh, you know, go back to old school games. I was replaying a little bit of um, Full Spectrum Warrior and it's like that game, like taking a little squad and positioning them and it's all about like flanking and like Valkyria Chronicles kind of has that, but I just, I don't know, budgets felt like they were a bit more loose like back then. Like it was like more Definitely. ideas got greenlit because not everything had to be worth $300 million on day one. Um, and it's just, it's kind of worth pointing out that something like The Thing is still totally worth playing. Cause I don't think you can even get access to it on the Xbox anymore. I don't think you can. And that's a great segue, Scott, to the actual hey, hey. point of this entire topic. Because, yeah, you, <laughs> you wouldn't get the thing, the game right now. You wouldn't get Sopranos Road to Respect. You wouldn't get Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the big budget adaptation. You wouldn't would you? get you Soul would... Sacrifice on the PSV, mate. You've got to get that from uh, thegamery.com is who I went to. <laughs> How old do we sound? We sound like a bunch of old, grumpy like in old my men. Day. I mean, look, look, those PS Vita games are not going to buy themselves. It's like, I mean, you've only got a few months left until the whole thing's off. Have you got your Vita yet, by the way? Have you you got... You got that? Uh, It depends how you define (laughs) it. Spiritually, I have one because I... I'm, I'm with you so The real PS Vita is the PS Vita you made along the way. Yeah, as, the real yeah. PS Vita is the friends you've made with the PS Vita along the way. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. But no, I, don't... I te- technically don't have one. All right, fine. Well, look, there's an aqua blue one doing the rounds for about £600. Do you want to go and get that? Just a little cheeky I mean, little Vita? If you want means to life, loan mate. me 90% of it and I will never give you that money back, I will buy it. I tell you what, when we're back in person, I'm going to I'm gonna throw the Vita at you, complete with <laughs> Tekken 3 or anything, Tekken 3 is on it. Something will be on it that I'll want you to play, Dude, and you'll go, I'm I gonna, can't believe it. You throw that at me, I'm going to duck, because that is a heavy <laughs> piece of machinery, and that is a that is a crime. That's, That's not how I want to see you first. I'm throwing you a, a PlayStation 1 library, a PlayStation 2, the classic, so much flying over your head all at once. Uh, this is not what we were actually going to talk about. We thought we would talk about, well, it kind of ties in a little bit, um, tying in with the general sort of state of Sony, um, because there's so much doing the rounds, especially across the weekend, of just kind of like, oh my God, Sony have lost it. I mean, we literally put that on a thumbnail, Sony have lost it, and um, because it's not like it's not without precedent. Like we, you know, both of us old men lived through the PS3 era. We saw them, um, you know, the insane success of the PlayStation 2, and then it kind of all go into their head and it all being a bit terrible across the PlayStation 3 era. And it's very easy to forget that when they completely nailed the following uh, generation, the eighth generation, um, that they are capable of doing this. They are capable of letting all this success go to their head. Um, and the you know PS4 sales were obviously meteoric, but still nothing on the PS2. So they have fallen from further before. Um, so I'm going to open this up with a, a general sort of question before we dive into maybe more specific stuff, because there is a report about them entering into mobile gaming, which would always be brilliant, or uh, further entering into it anyway. Uh, my opening question is, are we allowed to hate Sony after the last generation? I, I mean, yes. I think if you just blindly... <laughs> 
like you know respect and follow any company you know mm. despite their actions you're kind of teeing yourself up to a fault and look i'm as guilty as anyone is, is doing this we've been talking about sony all year and every single time they've done something that isn't great i've kind of given them the benefit of the doubt because they mm. had such a great generation because they had such a great long-term plan but now i'm starting to realize that just because sony was really good at something for the past seven years it doesn't mean they've got to continue to be good at that thing especially when you've got you know a bunch of different new um executives coming in you've got mm. changes at the very top level and stuff like that so i i think you know obviously they've earned themselves over the past decades you know decades and decades they've been in the business they've earned themselves a lot of leeway and a lot of the benefit of the doubt mm. but that doesn't mean that we can't call them out when they do kind of like overstep the market they do something dumb or they do something anti-consumer because then at the end of the day they are a company like everyone else and like you said they've been in a position before where they were on top and then mm. they got way too arrogant and i do want to say that i don't think what they're doing right now is at a playstation 3 style no. level yet they'd have to get way more arrogant to they, be hey, in that position but taking another kill zone trailer then we know that exactly we've yeah if they start doing that it's bad news but at the same time yeah it feels like every every time we have a new generation like the role switch obviously mm. microsoft will the underdog in the xbox 360 era and then they came out on top in the Xbox One era, but then they made all the mistakes because they got too arrogant, let their hubris get the better of them. And then Sony kind of became the underdog again and came on top. But now the roles have reversed once again, where everyone's really pleased with what Phil Spencer's doing with, you know, the Xbox Series X hasn't got off to a great start, but I think Microsoft and Xbox as a brand has a lot of goodwill behind it in a way that Sony is starting to kind of like lose a little bit at the, the thing it's it's i mean i should also clarify i mean i i asked this question in a very charged way because i certainly don't hate sony like it's just i think but that was my sort of way of encapsulating a lot of the negativity across the weekend where it was like that a lot of the conversations are like how fickle are gamers we go back and forward so much and i've always viewed the industry as more of like a sports analogy it's just sort of like what's your sports team doing and if your favorite sports team was doing extremely well and then they suddenly lost then you'll be annoyed i mean it's like if you follow any sort of like you know sporting event or whatever and you're like something doesn't perform as well as it was before it's it's that's always the case i'm not thinking of it in uh like this general sort of like personal sense of oh my god i hate them blah, whatever no, of course not yeah but i think it's um that whole thing like you said though it's very important of just saying like yeah they need to be called out when they're doing things that are anti-consumer or are not as pro-consumer as they were before um and it's a weird thing because I, this is potentially a tangent but I've long said that the only reason they were on top last gen is because of how much Xbox dropped the ball. And it was like, I mean, everyone's game playing friend, like, you know, was saying to their wider group of friends about that viral video that where it was like, here's so you share games on PlayStation and that thing yeah. between Shuhei Yoshida and Adam Boys. Um, and I feel like something like that was just almost overnight like shifted the energy around that entire generation um because tied in with all the weird 180s that xbox were doing all the d uh, the um is it drs what do we call the whole digital rights DRM. drm uh, all that drm stuff and um all that combined just sort of like set xbox off in this horrible direction and again if you bring it back to the analogy with the sports thing or any sort of you know believing in a certain brand or believing in a certain momentum um all the xbox 360 momentum was completely halted by them going we're going to chase the living room now and it's the connect and you're going to have to like pay to, to trade your games in and all that kind of stuff and they got it so wrong and that can be so disastrous like throwing away all that goodwill all that, all that expectation if you don't deliver on it 
um, I think that's really hard to pull back from. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's worth remembering that they're a company and they are going to prioritize profit. And you know, even titans can fall. Like they've fallen before, and you'd think they would learn from it. Um, but I think one of the things that uh, we just covered a little bit in the news is like how much um, you know they're sort of like already on the PlayStation Three side. There's games that aren't communicating with their servers, and it seems like the way they're handling their preservation stuff. And we touched on it last week with. Um, how much they're sort of barely respecting their own legacy. It just seems like they're a bit all over the place. I guess there's like a lifelong PlayStation owner. Does this, I don't know, does this like, it doesn't put me off, but it makes me go, where's your next actual game? I guess it's Returnal, yeah. but it's still like- Yeah, it away. is. And, and you know, it just, again, yeah, I'm not at the point where I've totally lost all faith in them, but at the same time, <laughs> all of the stuff that I'm hearing and all of the stuff that they're doing kind of points towards- like, again, you know, we're going to be touching a lot on stuff that we said in the news before, but I think mm. it is worth doing this podcast because it is such a big topic and we can't elaborate without the time constrictions of the news. But I did mm-hmm. mention in one of the news videos that, like, it feels like they're taking a step backwards. It feels like they made a bunch of strides at the end of the previous generation, like forward, you know, after so long of being like, we don't want to do crossplay or anything like that. We don't want to open mm. up our e- ecosystem. They started doing crossplay. They started opening up their ecosystem. <laughs> but now it almost feels like we're regressing a bit where we thought they were going to start em- embracing their back catalog with PlayStation 2 classics or maybe even PlayStation 1 um, games coming to the storefront or, you know, kind of, just appreciating their library in a way but obviously that's not the case and even with playstation now it doesn't seem like they care that much i, do, I honestly i don't i do not get why that is not a thing like i cannot i don't know what i don't know how that's not a thing how have you not if you're sony you're sony you're sony playstation how have you not sat down and gone like we should have a we should have access to the playstation one library we should have access to the playstation two library because I'm not sure if you've heard, but there's this quote <laughs> coming around from someone in Sony who says that we don't actually want to play old games, Scott. Nobody plays old games. Is this anymore. big Jordy Jim uh, striking in again? You didn't want to be it playing that, Jordy man. You didn't, you didn't want that at all, man. You want the you want Returnal. Just, I mean, I do want Returnal, Jordy Jim, but yeah. I also want to go back to, you know, maybe a little bit of Soul Reaver on the weekend, of a weekend, to uh, perk, up, perk up the old spirits. But I mean, I don't know. We talked about this on, in the news. I think there's obviously a valid point in moving forward. Um, but at the same time, your Sony PlayStation, you have this insane legacy. Maybe it's a rights thing. Um, you know, when you think about like even bringing back Tony Hawk's, there was that whole thing about whether or not they could still lock down the uh, song catalogs, the music side of it. And eventually they did. But I wonder if that's the reason they're not doing it. But I, I just I, I cannot fathom why you wouldn't monetize the living hell out of the original PlayStation libraries, why you would actively restrict access to those libraries. Well, I mean, I guess like obviously, you know, going off that Jason Schreier Bloomberg report mm. about them remaking The Last of Us, maybe that's the business <laughs> model they want to adopt. Maybe that's just what they think will sell more. Because yeah, you could throw up a part of MGS1 like plays exactly as it did on the PlayStation oh, yeah. 1 on the store for like £15. And I'm sure people will buy it, but what will sell more is if you get in a brand new remake of MGS1 made by Bluepoint or something, you put mm. that out, that would sell way more and i don't think that's the better approach don't get me wrong i do want to see 
um, games like the original MGS1 or The Thing or whatever be as accessible as possible for modern players? Because, you know, we when I was filling in on the UPB podcast with you mm-hmm. um, a few weeks ago, we had that great question in of someone who was, I think they were a teenager, they'd grown up with the PlayStation 4 and they were asking what games should we get? And it's almost like you have to temper your answers because you can't say anything that comes off the top of your head yep. because not everything off the top of your head is accessible. And of course, that's you know present across all mediums, but gaming is especially bad for it. I couldn't just say to that person, you know, go get Sopranos Road to Respect because in order to play that game, you've got to shell out for the console it's on. You might have to get a memory card. You have to find the game itself, track it down, mm-hmm. order it. There are so many hoops you have to jump through before you can get it legally anywhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. 
Um, What's well, like Ben like, just got like a PlayStation think. Three, so he has a yeah. way to play PS One and PS Two games. Like you know, if you get PlayStation, the thing is as well, PlayStation Now is such a weird adult by history service where it started as Gaikai streaming. They bought all the Gaikai streaming tech, and it was like, oh, that's going to be the future. And obviously now on the Xbox side, they've got the what started as X Cloud, and it's now just Xbox streaming or whatever they call it, and that actually works really really well. But PlayStation Now has a potential, you know, competitor to Game Pass. Obviously, it's nowhere near in terms of the library, but it, that potentially could be but I think the reputation around PlayStation now, at least for me, is still pretty tarnished. I don't trust it because some of those titles are still resigned to streaming only. I think Metal Gear Solid 4 is, um, to name like one high-profile one. And then other stuff is you can download it and play it, but because it doesn't have that unified sense of trust on the consumer side, it's nowhere near Game Pass. Um, and like you said, in regards to recommendations, like, you know, you could recommend a movie, a book, whatever, and you'll be able to find a way to do that. Like, you know, whether you go on the movie side, you just go to Amazon Prime, or sometimes they're on YouTube. It's, it's right there. It's super super easy yeah. whereas on the game side you have to potentially go and find another console go buy something some old thing and get access to that and it sucks and even worse you might do that now and you might get the worst version of the game you know we were yes. talking about uh, the the biggest story is that the playstation 3 store that's getting shut down the vita store and whatever like some of those games aren't going to be compatible with the patches that were released so if you yep. bought battlefield 4 for instance you won't get all the patches so you're not getting that game in its best form so even if you do manage to track these games down you're not getting the best version of it you might be getting the worst version of it in some cases mm-hmm. and that just adds an extra layer on top where it's like you're just trying to make these games as difficult to access as possible and the cynic in me believes that's because they w- want you know to release new and updated versions that will sell way more they want the last of us one on the playstation 5 yes. 10 years after the original came out or something because people will buy well. that way more than the PlayStation 3 version, you know? You would assume so. Obviously, like, yeah, like corporate thinking is just like, well, hey, we'll, we'll just revisit the same thing. You know, we'll, we'll click the retweet button and we'll do it again. And, like, that'll just work better than doing some sort of original. Like, that was literally the story with the, the Days Gone stuff that they don't want to, they want you to do, like, um, they don't want to just keep going down that same road. Um, But Sony have always, their tech side, I mean, like, like I, I've mentioned the play, the PS5 launch where it was, like, people were playing PS4 versions of games by accident. They had the whole thing where you could change your name on PSN, but it would brick certain games because of the way that those games inter- like, uh, interface with whatever records are on the place on the Sony side to tell the person to tell the game what the user is that was like breaking yeah. certain stuff um, they had the whole PlayStation Network outage like they have all these sort of tech based talking points for the negative and it's just I don't know, like, I mean, sometimes when certain stories come out, like the whole thing um, with, I think it was on the 343 side when they were trying to make Halo, and it was just that that reality that a big business company can be run so badly. And now, in, in Halo's case, they've brought in Joseph Staten. It got right up to when the game was meant to be coming out last year, and then it was delayed for a whole year. And you kind of have you kind of have an assumption that a profession, professionally run company you know, in terms of how we view them is, is run professionally. Um, yeah. And then the reality that it's not, and the it's same with De- just all these weird examples like Destiny, where it was like when, on the first Destiny, if they wanted to tweak the game's code, they had to wait a whole day whether they could see if it had worked or not. And then, totally. oh, that was actually, I've, I've typed something wrong. Okay, let's come back tomorrow. And it's <laughs> stuff like that where I'm just like, is there something really fundamentally wrong with the way all these different wings of Sony are talking to each other? Because they continue to feel just so all over the place like for as much as xbox haven't delivered on the exclusive front at least they're unified in regards to game pass access points here's the console we just want you playing these games whereas yeah. on the sony side <laughs> even in regards to access even if you've bought an old game and try and play it on the ps5 you're not guaranteed to get a better frame rate a, be- a better resolution it depends on a whole bunch of different factors i just don't know josh Brown. i just i don't know do i 
nor do I, Scott. And again, you know, just using this part as a kind of freewheeling thing to <laughs> unpack all of this. It kind of, I was thinking after the Bloomberg, Bloomberg report came out about them not wanting to, um, you know, greenlight new risky ideas and instead want to focus on a handful of teams and franchises. Mm-hmm. It got me thinking about the kind of games they've been making over the past few years. You know, we've done podcasts before where I've talked about Sony's approach to big budget AAA um, first party exclusives. And that's like, they're almost starting to have a mold. You can almost guarantee right. they're pumping a lot of money into something. It's going to be this over the shoulder, third person, um, story driven, character driven game, probably with some wide linear or open world elements like <laughs> In Uncharted or God of War, mm-hmm. or maybe they're totally open world in the case of. A little few crafting of, components in there. Just, just is gone. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you get some crafting components in there. You maybe get some um, heavy, heavy graphic violence towards the end or something. But there's almost a mold that's, yes. you know, a, a, arisen over the past um, generation or so. And don't get me wrong, like all of the games I've just described there, I more or less love. I love The Last mm. of Us 2. I love God of War. I love Ghost of Tsushima. I love um, even Days Gone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you put them side by side, you can almost see the formula ticking over. And it's interesting that that has happened. And now we've got to this point where we're getting these reports about how they only want, not only do they want more of that, but they want to make that even more narrow and to yeah. make sure it only comes from the biggest of big hits and from only the studios that are bringing in the most money, like the Naughty Dogs, like the Guerrilla Games. And again, I love Naughty Dog. I love Guerrilla Games. But it Games. is the Naughty Dog it's, formula, like totally. Yeah. But it's not what I want Sony to focus on to the point where they're excluding everything else. I don't mm-hmm. want Sony Bend, as it was you know, said in that report, to become Naughty Dog North or anything like that. Because <laughs> they have their own identity. They have their own way of making games. They have their own thing they can bring to the table. It's kind of like, it's not this extreme at the moment. But it, I think it's a fair enough analogy. But it kind of reminds me of what Activision did with Call of Duty and Destiny. Totally. But they had a bunch of studios like High, High Moon or whatever. Raven got sold. Um, Raven. Yeah, Raven and um, all those great studios. And then they were making their own original games. And then suddenly, seemingly overnight, they were taken off their mm. own games. And they were put in the Call of Duty machine. And they were support studios to get... Yeah, support studios to get Call of Duty out, support studios to get Halo out. Or if they weren't, they were put on remasters and remakes and stuff. And a lot of that, it's not to like poo-poo the work that they've done. Obviously, there's so many hardworking people helping on those games Mm -hmm. and still making good stuff. But it sucks to see whole studios become support studios or at the whim of other people when those creatives could be having their own original ideas. And that's what irks me a little bit. Yeah, and it, it does go full circle back to if you just revisit any set of games from the 2000s, maybe B-tier games, games that were a little bit overlooked, things like The Thing, where you sort of just play it and go like, oh, this this has a whole set of fresh mechanics that were, weren't fleshed out that could have been something better. Um, yeah. And it's just, it weird, weirdly retroactively feels fresher. Um, I would just say the same thing about Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway. Like, I love the way that thing controls. Weirdly, that days, the Fallujah thing looks to be similar, but like in terms of the way that game controls, I was like, when I revisited that the other week or whatever, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool this is actually a different way to do a military first person shooter um but still the point being that if you're gonna have a thriving creative industry you're gonna need to focus on the creativity and not just copy and pasting like it's not gonna work on a on a long-term um time scale because that's a whole other thing as well if we're talking about you know investing in creativity 
two words that I know come to my mind are mobile gaming, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> um, coming from a Eurogamer who spotted a job advert for a head of mobile for PlayStation Studios, um, which the text underneath said that they want a particular individual to focus on successfully ad- adapting PlayStation's most popular franchises for mobile. Um, that person will be responsible for building and scaling a team of mobile leaders and will serve as the head of a new business unit within PlayStation Studios. Um, Eurogamer then you know, said that actually it's not necessarily anything new, um, that they, you know, there is a Sackboy Endless Runner called Run Sackboy Run. And there's that weird, well, I guess, terrible looking Uncharted Endless Runner thing or Top Down Puzzle uh, Runner thing called Uncharted Fortune Hunter. Uh, and there was a God of War, alt, um, what do you call it, uh, AR game? Really? Reality game, which I don't remember that at all, but apparently it's called God of War Mamiya's Vision. Um, and like stuff like that. So they've got some mobile games before, but um, the report that's doing the rounds at the minute is that Sony are steering headlong into that stuff. And I guess we'll get mobile versions of Horizon Zero Dawn, Mobile Tsushima, but not Days Gone. No, sadly. I mean, I'd, I'd probably even take Mobile Days Gone. I've only, you know, you know what it is, Scott? You know when you realise <laughs> you love something only after it's gone? I think Never. that's what happened with yeah. Days Gone. I always yeah. liked it, but now that I know I'm not going to get a Days Gone 2, I feel Just like, want oh, want it back? What can't believe this has happened to me? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to <laughs> mobile output, it's not something I'm going to mess around with because I don't mm. do that stuff, but... Yeah, hopefully don't do that like, just, just, just say no mate just no just don't say do no that. just well honestly it's it's partly because of that because if i start it and i get addicted to it <laughs> I'll, i'm never off this stupid mind maze phone anyway you know so i don't need more excuses to go on it but i mean again it's this is just this news in a vacuum isn't mm. awful because no. of course they're going to do mobile stuff every publisher has a mobile division you know especially mm-hmm. when they really have ips like this but at the same time you know I just want Sony. To where's the God of War announcement, mate? Where's Where's Ragnarok? Where, yeah, where's the God of War update? Where's the Horizon update? What's going on with Gran Turismo? What's happening with even Returnal, which I feel like I haven't <laughs> even seen too much about recently. It's coming out in two weeks. I forgot completely until you mentioned this morning. Mm-hmm. I think you just need like some kind of big win within all of this news that's coming out because you know a couple of news stories, of course, they confront that, but it just feels like they're either in this radio silence mode or what they're putting out isn't satisfying the fans or you're getting these reports that just paint them in a negative light. And it's, yeah. I just want them to give us something that we can kind of like latch onto and something promising or something to look forward to. Because the title, I mean, this might end up being the title of the podcast was like, are Sony the next Bethesda? Which is just, it isn't, <laughs> you know, it's just because they, there was that time where Bethesda, Hot Off, Skyrim, you know, like just started to nosedive. You got like Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Fallout Shelter, and their priorities were not in line with, I mean, it's it's that, it's that a way wider question of like, what should a business be doing? How much do you listen to the fans? How much do you stick to what works? How much do you, how much does then what works just be sheer monetization? I get all that stuff. Um, but that whole idea of, and in Sony's case, it's more just, are oh, Sony repeating the same mistakes of the past kind of thing? Um, but like you said, in a vacuum would be totally fine. Um, but it's the optics of it, like especially in direct contrast with how well Xbox are doing right now. Um, and it probably could all be upended by one incredibly solid exclusive, but the terrain feels like it's shifted quite a lot anyway in regards to, do we even need, like, you know, is that even going to be the thing that fixes it? Because there's so many yeah. other weird infrastructural problems um, at Sony. Well, one of the most striking moments in that Schreier report for me, I guess one of the most resonant moments, was mm. when um, Jason Schreier was talking about the lack of promotion Sony has given titles that they don't think will do, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out Dreams from last year, which by all accounts was a really good game, yeah. didn't get pushed. And it got me thinking about Disco Elysium this year. You know, you got a part of one of the 
most critically respected games perhaps of all time. Mm-hmm. You got it exclusive to the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 4 for like six you months or however long that it game is. Was out. Yeah, and most people don't even know it even came out. Like, there's been no big push. There's been no big thing about it being exclusive. It just was announced last year, mm. dropped here after about two weeks, two <laughs> weeks after, like, its release date was announced. And then Sony has just seemingly forgotten about it. It makes mm. me think, what's the point? Why pick these games up if you want exclusives, if you're not going to do anything with them? And I'm not yeah. saying another company would have, like, pushed it, you know, massively, thrown millions and millions of dollars behind it. But you imagine they would have done more than what Sony has, which is kind of like throw up a graphic here and there and then well, nudge you that it exists on the store. Even when I went on the store, it took me ages to find it. And I'm like, why is this not front and center? Totally. You paid the money for it, Sony. It's not me projecting. <laughs> You've done this. Do more. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like there's stuff like that, which is obviously third party that they've paid for the exclusive rights to like put on the store. There's the likes of Concrete Genie, which was barely sh- <clears throat> shown off at all. Um, and the... Oh my god, my throat went there. What was it? That, what, what was the thing you just said there? The concrete genie uh, and uh, oh, dreams. Um, there's the likes of concrete genie, which you know they like you know barely sort of had any advertising at all. And there's the fact that dreams. I mean, their whole push towards making sure games are on PS Plus, making sure that audience base is there. Dreams is a million percent the game built for that because it's. I think people on the periphery think of dreams as this like you know creation software and that's all it is and like there's a lot you can build any game in there some of the creations that people have done are insane but there's a whole like massive chunk of that game if you don't want to interact with the creative side of it at all and you just want to see what does the world's populous creatives make when given access to the gaming the keys to the gaming kingdom you can literally just go on dream surfing and just see what are the top rated what's the most popular um you know what are people what's trending what cool little mechanics have people come up with and that is absolutely brilliant i must swear there it's effing brilliant josh <laughs> And um, and I love that. And that was one of the reasons that I totally like Champion Dreams. It was one of our games of the year, 2019, whatever, um, because it's phenomenal. But you wouldn't know that, like, unless you checked it out like a maniac like me that must know about everything. They didn't put it in front of people like they could have done with PS Plus, which in itself, that idea of like putting new releases on PS Plus is only a response to Game Pass and monthly freebies and what Xbox is doing anyway. Whereas Sony had that infrastructure beforehand and didn't make any use of it. So it's yeah. just baffling i mean like we yeah we've covered like the the various sort of it feels like the different hands of the sony machine are not interacting with each other but just something like that to see something as incredibly innovative and i don't know powerfully emotive as dreams where people can literally make anything not being not getting given a platform is just a ludicrous missed opportunity um so yeah i guess i mean right now i think the most of the general discourse around uh sony's moves is just what the hell um and we'll sort of keep an eye on it and uh, we'll see what see what happens by this time next week um for now though we've been the rearrangers the just us league i've been scott Taylor, <laughs> joined by josh brown bye skibbity skibbadanger i am the, the rearranger, rearranger. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.